Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. GEICO could help you get great coverage at a great price. And it only takes 15 minutes to see if you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today and see how much you could save. Today's opening tip, Drew Eubanks dunks all over the Nassus Antetokounmpo. His brother Giannis was not pleased. Richard, are posterizations even allowed during scrimmages? Why was his brother not pleased? All the things that his brother has done to to poor individuals out there, like, look, 100% it's allowed. The minute they (laughs) toss that ball up, everything is allowed. I mean, we were just warming up. What happened? I thought it was just a warm up. (laughs) No one said we would go full speed. Hey, look at what look at what LeBron did to J.J. Barea. We'll get to that in just a second. Welcome to The Jump. I'm George Sedano. In for our fearless leader, Rachel Nichols, who's on assignment out in Orlando. I'm joined by our front office insider, Amin Hassan, and NBA champion, Richard Jefferson. All right, coming up, I'll get their takeaways from the first look at LeBron and A.D. in their Lakers exhibition debut against Luka and the Mavs. Well, Luka less and the Mavs. But first, we start off with some big news out of Orlando. Lou Williams has become the third Clippers player to leave the bubble for an excused absence. Williams led the team with 22 points in their first scrimmage on Wednesday. Patrick Beverly, Montrez Harrell have also had to leave, and the Clippers are also without Evita Zubats and Landry Shamit. Williams is a key piece, obviously, and will return. But Richard, what does this do to the Clippers' efforts to try to gel before the playoffs? Obviously, you want everybody there. You want to be focused on chemistry, but I still have this team to, uh, to, to win the championship. And ultimately, it's mainly because I think they have all the pieces. If you're going to leave, now is the time to leave. If you have family issues, if you have things, because when you come back, there's an extended period of time for quarantine. Uh, there's going to be more tests. So if you're going to leave, and, and obviously there could be things that happen later, but if players need to go address things, this is the best time kind of in the preseason to do it. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality is when you look at this, they've got the three scrimmages. He's already played one, so there's two scrimmages. Then you have eight uh, playing games or seeding games, whatever you want to call them. But the reality is for the Clippers, they can't move up to one. I mean, it's all virtually impossible for them to move up to one. And it's highly unlikely they'll fall to three. So really all these seeding games are preseason games for them. As long as when they start their playoff journey, They've got their roster and they're complete and they're ready to go. They'll be fine. But everything that happens between now and then is is excusable. Like Richard said, it's better it happens now than it happens later closer to the playoffs. Well, I agree with that sentiment. I want to ask you guys this about the chemistry part of it because there were reports towards the end of the season in March, right, that – Uh, The old guard Clippers, the guys who were there last year, didn't necessarily love the way that Paul and Kawhi had been handled. And I'm not saying there was a schism of any sense, but certainly there were some rumblings there. And, you know, Doc has alluded to getting chemistry going, and it's almost like an interesting reboot for them and and good timing. Obviously, none of us want this to happen, uh, the pandemic, that is. But it will allow them that opportunity to maybe gain some of that chemistry, both on and off the court, that they didn't have. So do you lose some of that, Richard? Because, I mean, if you're just going to thrust them into the playoffs and everybody's back, can you build that chemistry during the playoffs? 
Yes, 100% you can. It's not the most ideal situation, but you can't underestimate a group of individuals that all come together with one goal in mind. For the Clippers, for the Lakers, for Milwaukee, there's probably about four teams that it's championship or bust. And so when you're talking about a championship, you put a lot of things aside. And if anything, the Last Dance, the Warriors, the Cavs, a lot of these teams that we have seen win championship, there's always going to be confrontation. The confrontation is going to happen because that's what highly competitive individuals have. It's a, it's a fire, it's a fierceness to them. So I'm not worried if there's a little bit of tiffs, as they would say, going around. Yeah, no, it, this isn't Jackie Moon's Flint Tropics. There's no such thing as everybody love everybody. At some point, people are going to grouse about minutes, about preferential treatment, about whatever. There's all types of issues. But the reality is, unless it's straight up, I don't want to play with this guy, then it's pretty standard across the league and across, as Richard said, champions across history. The reality is chemistry can be built, obviously nicer to build it earlier rather than later, but if you're telling me this Clipper team, which hasn't had really a full lineup for an extended amount of time all season long, right, hasn't had chemistry all season long, and they're this good, yeah, I think they're fine. They're all right. All right, fair enough. Well, we got our first look at the Clippers' rivals last night when the Lakers faced off the Mavs in Orlando. LeBron and AD both scored 12 points in 15 minutes of action. Richard, what are your takeaways from last night's scrimmage for the Lakers? Ah, you know what's crazy is that for a guy like LeBron, this would normally be the summer before heading into his 27th season. And he still looks strong. He still looks good. He's got the spring in his step. Uh, I, you look at what AD and even having Dwight on that floor. Uh, uh, I, I really like what Deion Waiters and, and, and J.R. Smith, those additions that, that obviously when you lose Avery Bradley, when you don't have uh, Rondo, uh, I, I think they're still having chemistry things that they're still trying to bring together. So the Clippers aren't the only ones that are going to be focused on chemistry over this stretch leading into the postseason. Did Richard say his 27th season? That's, that's a lot <laughs> yes. of seasons for LeBron. Yeah. Did you see that gray? Did you see the gray patches that he has on yeah. the side? Oh, he looks like Rasheed. He looks like Rasheed Wallace's head. He looks like Rasheed Wallace's head. No, the reality is, uh, George. I don't know about you. I watched this game last night, and I didn't learn anything new about LeBron and Anthony Davis. Still, two of the best players in the world. How about that? But the good thing is to see guys like Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, guys who had suited up for the Lakers before, get out there get some runs up and down the floor, get some shots, see the ball go through the hole. Because ultimately, I think those two guys are going to go, they, they're going to play a huge part into Lakers' success this year. It might be a game, it might be a quarter, it might be a whole playoff series. But I think those two guys have to be on board for the Lakers to have deep playoff success. And seeing them last night play and not look completely rusty, that was a good sign. So wait a second, are you guys telling me you guys are back as residents of Waiters Island? Is that what's happening here? Richard, are you a resident of Waiters Island? No, no, my thing, look, look. The, for, for Deion Waiters, it's never been a question of his talent. The kid was a, a, a top 10 pick. Uh, everyone knows his talent. It's a matter of focus. And this is a great opportunity for him to focus in. He's going to have to play defense. He's going. He's just a, a legitimate role player. And in Miami, that's what he wanted. He had a bigger role. And when he was healthy and able to play, he was contributing. But for this Laker team, he's going to have to play a high level of defense in order for them to be successful. When you lose Avery Bradley, when you lose uh, Rondo, and then all of a sudden these guys are able to get, uh, you have Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, you got to play defense. Look at the Clippers. Look at all of the offensive firepower that they have. 
the Lakers are going to need guys that can step up and play defense, and that's the role that they need Dion and Jr. to really play. I mean, are you a resident of Waiters Island? Island? I, I've never lived on that island. I don't plan on living <laughs> on that island, but I understand and recognize the depth issues the Lakers have. Yeah. And if so, like you know, without Bradley, without uh, um, uh, Rondo out there, they need guards. They need guard play. And he can do something that they've needed all year long, even when those two guys were healthy, which is creating his own shot off the dribble. One thing that stood out to me was, and look, this isn't like some sort of revelatory thing, was just Anthony Davis. But in comparison to Kristaps Porzingis, like those two guys are supposed to be peers, right, in this world. Like they call Kristaps Porzingis the unicorn. If they call him the unicorn, Richard, what the heck is Anthony Davis? Because he looks leaps and bounds better than Kristaps Porzingis, even in a scrimmage. Well, now understand, Christoph Porzingis is coming off an injury the prior season did not. We lost Richard, I think, a little bit. Amin, you want to jump in? Yeah, I'll jump in. Richard, stop making excuses. They're, who's comparing those two guys? Who's comparing Christoph Porzingis with, with Anthony Davis? They're not in the same neighborhood. They're not in the same zip code. They may not even be in the same state. <laughs> One dude is a, a legitimate MVP candidate, and another guy is like, oh, if he makes an all-star game in the next couple of years, that'll be nice. Yeah, and just the athleticism, just completely off the charts. All right, we have Richard back. Go ahead. You were saying about Porzingis and AD? What? Uh, apparently what I was saying did not matter. I heard what Amin saying. What I am saying this, Porzingis <laughs> at his prime and Anthony Davis at his prime, they are comparable even though Anthony Davis is still the superior player. I, that, that, that's without a doubt. But, Ant, but, but I don't think Porzingis is anywhere near his peak right now. Okay. So I'm not even going to try and compare the two. Okay, fair enough. We'll all agree to disagree on that yeah. one. Uh, let's move on. After the game, LeBron used his media availability to advocate on behalf of Breonna Taylor, who was killed in March when plainclothes officers executed a no-knock warrant. Let's take a look at what LeBron had to say. The same energy that we have on the floor is the same energy that we have towards having justice for Breonna Taylor and her family. And uh, you know, that's the, that's the energy that we bring to the game. You know, it's just who we are. Well, it's fortunate that we had the George the George Floyd video to see it. I mean, is that what we need to see a, a video of Brianna being killed for people to realize how um, how bad the situation is? Um, I don't even believe they was at the right place, right? Cops wasn't even at the right place. They just knocked down the wrong door and started doing what they do at that point in time, and that's just shooting away, and that's just that's just not okay. I mean, it's just heartbreaking, man. You guys don't understand, unless you, unless you're a person of color, you guys don't understand. I understand that you might feel, feel for us, but you can never really, truly understand what it is to be black uh, in America. So, um, but once again, you know, that's what it's about. It's not a movement. I hate to, I don't want to hear. I don't like the word movement um, because, unfortunately, in America and society, there ain't been no damn movement for us. There ain't been no movement. Um, we land uh, in this with uh, justice for Breonna Taylor. Um, we're going to continue to harp on that. I appreciate it. Richard, what's your reaction to what LeBron said last night? Well, I, I players are definitely united. Uh, uh, you've seen multiple players, Tobias Harris, LeBron James. You've seen so many players talk about this during their media availability. Uh, and, and this was, I think, a united uh, 
that when they decided that they were going to play and they were going to go into the bubble, they wanted to continue pushing these messages. Um, you know, I. Uh, you know, on all of the issues that that, that these players uh, are, are, are discussing. And, and when I say this, like you, you saw Brian was like, wait, they were at the wrong house and that there there is a lot of information out there but ultimately what these players are fighting for what these players are looking for is they're not looking just only for justice for Brianna Taylor but they're also looking for uh you know an adjustment and uh and, and that's what this whole thing is coming together for I mean yeah you know George first of all I want to say I'm really proud of all the players for using their media availability to keep bringing up this point and bring up the overall point about uh, you know, the, the prevalence of police brutality, particularly against people of color in this country. I also want to give a lot of kudos to the media. They could easily cut out the answer, the part of the answer that's not relevant to the question that is talking about uh, social justice, but they're leaving those answers in there. So shout out to the media outlets and the reporters who are asking these questions and, and allowing the social justice aspect to be remaining in there. But I want to remind everybody that this is good but it's not enough. Names on jerseys is good, or slogans on jerseys is good, but it's not enough. Black Lives Matter on the court is good, but it's not enough. I say that because I know the power that the NBA and its owners wield. A few years ago, we had an all-star game in Charlotte that was scheduled, and North Carolina passed a very prejudicial bill against uh, people of the LGBTQ community. The NBA didn't respond by putting a patch on a jersey or by putting a sticker on a floor. They responded by saying, if you pass this bill, we are going to withdraw our All-Star game. And they called the bluff, and they pulled the All-Star game, and we had it in New Orleans instead. And we didn't bring it back to Charlotte until they changed that bill. That's the kind of change and power the NBA has uh, in order to influence events. Much more powerful than jerseys, or answers in a press conference, or a sticker on a floor. Not demeaning or building those things. Those things are great. I'm glad it's happening. But I know the NBA and its owners can do more. Well said. And look, clearly LeBron is undeterred in his position. And, and certainly that's laudable. I don't think there's any question about it. So we'll move on. Coming up next, we'll discuss how cautious the Pacers should be with Victor Oladipo, who was in action last night with a surgically repaired knee. Keep it locked. Here to the jump. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with Geico, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. It's a make or miss league. It's a make or make. It's a make. It's a make or miss. Uh, <laughs> it's a make or miss league. <laughs> miss missing. More from the Lakers Mavs last night. Seth Curry went perfect from the field, shooting eight for eight with six threes. Richard, how long can he keep this kind of shooting up? Who cares? This is the preseason. Do you know how many of those points and threes? You know, as a player, there is nothing worse than a great preseason game. You wanted this game in the postseason. You wanted this game in the regular season. Good for him. It shows that he's in shape and he's been taking care of himself, but it doesn't matter. Shooter, shoot. There you go. Shooters That's never, for to do. Shooters never forget how to shoot, Shooter right? Shoot. That's how it works. All right, next, mm -hmm. make 
assists. Check out CJ McCollum here in transition. It's not pretty, folks. He clanks the dunk, but Melo, oh. Melo, skinny Melo there to clean it all up. I mean, should CJ get an assist for this? Look, all three of us are of an age group where we remember this commercial, but for the younger people, look up Grant Hill drinks Sprite. That's exactly <laughs> what happened there. This CJ McCollum is a kid who took a sip of Sprite, saw Grant Hill dunk and said, I can do that too. And then went up and just caught the front of the rim. Happens uh, to the best of us. So sad. Okay, we love you, CJ. It's okay. There'll be brighter days. <laughs> Moving on. Miss Noise. Spurs Bucks yesterday afternoon. Now listen to how quiet it gets during these free throws. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I'm so uncomfortable. So, Richard, oh. is the lack of crowd noise going to help or hurt free throw shooters, you think? I, look, free throws is purely about the weight of the situation. When you're down to, you're trying to do something to get yourself an edge with a minute to go. The sound in the free throws, I hate to tell fans out there, but it doesn't bother anybody. So <laughs> free throws and the crowd noise, that means nothing. It's more about the weight in the situation in the last two or three minutes. You know, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer just tweeted from his account, the NBA plans to pipe in fans, uh, Tuning in via Zoom. I think that's going to be cool. All right, cool. Next, make Rust. Same game, despite having hoop access during the break, apparently. Giannis's jump shot is still eh, I mean, are these bricks concerning? No, they're not. And this is the problem. The only reason why you, got, you would be concerned is if you watch people like uh, oh, our, our very own Rachel Nichols filming him during practice hitting step back threes. And the reality is a lot of NBA players can... Dude, in practice, it looks kind of different in practice than in the game situation. I myself have seen Shaq hit 20-footers. It doesn't mean anything until you do it in a game. Oh, looks like we lost Richard. It doesn't matter. I, it's the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, I mean, you mentioned Rachel Nichols filming him in practice. He shot him much better on that vice court uh -huh. is all I have to say. So there is that. Oh, Miss. Oh, hold on. Tampering. Miss Logic. <laughs> Baseball last night during the Dodgers game, Cody Bellinger had to call timeout because a balloon flew on the field. Richard, there's no fans there. Where do you think this balloon came from? I don't know. An errant birthday party. Who has any idea? Look, what goes up must come. It makes for great television, so no one's complaining, but it was a little eerie. It was a little eerie. I'm not going to lie. I like the X-Files music in the background. Though. <laughs> it's not the X-Files. It's X-Files-esque. But here's the thing. When you let a balloon go and it goes up to the sky, do y'all think it just goes up to the sun? No, the helium leaves and it has to drop down at some point somewhere. It just so happened to drop in the middle of a baseball game. But let me just say real quick, when you said Miss Logic, I thought you meant about Logic's album because he's retiring and I won't miss him. Oh, wow, hate hard, hashtag that hate mean. hard. I don't know why I did that. Good Lord, that was so unnecessary. I don't know why I did that. For the love. Anyway, yeah. all right, let's get back to Thursday's scrimmages. Gosh, I don't know if I can shake that one off. Victor Oladipo was back in the starting lineup for Indiana. Oladipo had eight points in 19 minutes versus the Blazers. And despite looking good on the court, Oladipo still hasn't decided if he'll play when the season resumes in a week. Here he is after the game on his mental approach to a full return. I know my body better than anyone else. I know what I'm feeling. No one else knows what I'm feeling. Even though you might, it might look good to you or to whoever it is that's looking at me, um, I hold myself to a different standard. So the abilities that I'm 
used to doing, you've never done it before. Any none of y'all have. You understand? So for me, I'm trying to get back to to that. You understand? I'm trying to get back to that feeling. You know, I'm trying to get back to make sure my my need myself is 100% um, so that I can go and perform at the highest level that you guys are used to seeing me at. Richard, how cautious should the Pacers be with Oladipo? Do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. There's something more going on here, ladies and gentlemen. There's something more going on. You don't have a player play before the quarantine and then come back and play uh, in the bubble, but then say, I don't the team. There is nowhere on this planet where those things add up to, to and don't add up to something that says that there is a disagreement between him and his team. He could have said he was going to stay home uh, for whatever reason and would have still gotten paid, but he's shown up, he's playing, but not hasn't decided if he's going to play. So there's more there, and I'm not going to speak out of pocket because I don't know what is there, but there is something here. There's going to be either a change or there's going to be some movement. I mean, do you think it's fishy? Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's fishy. I think it's actually pretty surface level. Uh, Brian Winhurst a few weeks ago put out the report that the NBA and the Players Association are trying to figure out whether Oladipo would, in fact, get paid if he didn't uh, play in these games, if he sat out, because he's, the official reason is because of an injury. But he said he's healthy before, so that's where a lot of the mix-up is. For Oladipo, if it comes down to I have to play to get my money, then I'm going to do it. But if it's up to him, I believe he'd sit out if he knew he was going to get paid in the meanwhile. And you say, why is that, I mean, Well, next year he's going to be a free agent. This is not only going to be his last big payday, but it's probably going to be his biggest big payday of his career. And so I have no problem with him feeling trepidatious about putting himself out there after a four-month layoff and maybe risking injury and ruining that big payday that he has coming to him a year from now. It's not fishy. It's kind of obvious. But obviously, he can't come out and say that because the backlash towards that kind of statement would be worse than what he's going through right now. Well, let me ask you this, I mean, in regards to that, because the original question was, should the Pacers be cautious in this particular situation? Should they be cautious because of that? Because he could potentially leave in 2021. So piggybacking off of what Richard said, you got to learn from the ballad of Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio. As a team, you can't pressure guys into playing if they don't feel 100%. Because all that's going to do is ruin the trust factor. For the record, the Pacers have already told the league they're fine with paying a salary. They're not trying to save money. This isn't a Pacers trying to be cheap thing. This is all about Victor and whether he's comfortable not, enough or not to play and whether the league will allow him to be paid if he does not play. Richard, you got anything? I, like, I got nothing else to add to that. I, I just think that there's a lot more going on here. I think the Pacers are trying to be professionals. I think uh, Victor Oladipo is trying to be a professional and not air his grievances. But ultimately, when he's telling the reporters, no one else knows. Maybe before his original injury, maybe he was saying that it didn't feel right, something wasn't right, and they were kind of saying, you're fine, go play. And now he's a little bit more cautious. But there is more to this story. And look, kudos to them for kind of trying to keep this uh, uh, like together, but this ain't adding up. Something ain't adding up. And typically when they don't add up, there's going to be a change. Okay, all right. We'll stay tuned, I guess, to the Indiana Pacers and Victor Oladipo. Mm -hmm. Stay right. tuned.
Coming up, is Yusuf Nurkic the biggest X-Factor in the Western Conference? He played for the first time in over a year and looked pretty darn good, too. We'll discuss that after the break. But first, we're only six days away from the restart of the NBA season, so that means it's time for number six on our countdown of the best plays of the season thus far. If that was intended for Adams or Dort. Either way, rare turnover. Up the floor, Sexton off that 40-foot bounce pass from Osman. And how about this assist by Jetty Osman right through the wickets? <laughs> and it's funny. The first thing you do is you react to the ball. I mean, even though you don't, you, it's coming through your legs, you react to getting out of the way of the ball. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're gonna sleep in the car now. Happy geico Eat. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. We're beyond elated to be back. We are ready to tip it off, guys, for the first time in 135 days. Seth Curry drops another three ball. Luca, already a star, since he comes down and hammers one. Curry again. Six for six from three. Boban. And Boban's teammates love it. No, Sorry, Andrew, Sorry Kate, I got excited. Boban, I did too. <laughs> Dallas will win 108-106. to Oh, we need more Boban in our lives. Welcome back to The Jump. Amin and Richard still with me from their respective homes. You just saw some highlights of the Mavs against the Lakers. So it is time to play everyone's favorite game, Something, Nothing, or right, Everything. Right, there we go. All right. I mean, is the Mavs beating the Lakers 108 to 104 in their first scrimmage last night? Something, nothing, or everything? George, this is everything. Everyone knows the first preseason game of a season <laughs> dictates who will be NBA champion. And this one ain't even a preseason game, it's a scrimmage taking it to a higher level of importance. Seth Curry will shoot 100% from the field this year. Boban is the MVP. Luka is most improved. They're going to the finals. Book it. That is the level of sarcasm there. I so, so truly respect. I truly, like sarcasm is my love language. And I'm going to be really, really honest. That is a fact. That is the most important game that I think we have seen probably uh, in, in this decade, that game, uh, Lakers versus Ma Mavericks. I, I, honestly, I think we should just cancel everything, crown the Mavericks the, champion, the champions, and then keep it pushing. All right, for the people out there who are not as uh, quick on the uptake, I will speak for them and say nothing. It means nothing. So that way no one can yell on Twitter at all of us and be like, what are you guys talking about? So uh, I will, I will yeah, fall on okay. that sword for everyone. All right, next up, the Blazers center, Yusuf Nurkic, played in an organized game for the first time since March 25th of 2019. He scored 14 points and grabbed eight rebounds for Portland last night against the Pacers. Is this something, nothing, or everything for the Blazers? Richard, I'll start with you. 
I think this is, this is something. This is something. I'm not going to say this is everything. This is something mainly because you look at him and how important he is to the perimeter game of C.J. McCollum, how important he is to the, the perimeter game uh, 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 of Dame because you don't want to have uh, them get double teamed and you know they were struggling to score some points. Obviously, Dame had been on fire prior to this quarantine, but having that inside presence, that defensive presence, that rebounding, that guy you can throw it down uh, when the game slows down, that is huge. It's only going to open things up for that perimeter, uh, that perimeter force and that perimeter backcourt. You know what, George? I'm turning my sarcasm meter off and I'm going straight here. It is everything. Oh. And I mean it because I think this is, this is the reason why I picked the Blazers to be the team that the Lakers will eventually meet in the playoffs. Uh, out of all the other kind of teams hoping to play in that play-on game. If you look at what Nurkic and the Blazers were like before he got hurt, you're talking about a top 10 defense. This guy's an incredible rebounder. He's a solid defender both individually and in a team concept. And uh, he really covered up for a lot of kind of deficiencies you talk about in that backcourt. But then offensively, they ran the offense to him in the high post. He makes life so much easier for CJ and Dame so they don't have to work as hard to get their buckets. He's so important. But perhaps the biggest reason... Him being healthy, Zach Collins being healthy, it means you don't have to rely on Hassan Whiteside, who is historically unreliable. Uh, fair. I agree with oh, all the wow. points. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong about that. Uh, I will, I, I will agree with all your points, except I won't say it's everything, because everything to me means they're like a real contender. And while I do think that they will come out of that play-in situation, I'm just going to go with something. Uh, and it is only one game, right? I, I know he hasn't been there in a long time, so I I'd like to see him do it again to take a page out of the Stugatz playbook from the Dan Levitard show. Uh, but I do think it's a great first step for them, so I will just say something at this point. All right, next, former number one overall pick DeAndre Ayton drained a three-pointer in the third quarter of the Suns' exhibition game against the Jazz. A few weeks back, Ayton told reporters, let me tell you about that three ball, man. I'm shooting it like it's a midi. The Suns Twitter account posted an old tweet from Andrew Lezis that said, screenshot this. If DeAndre Ayton makes a three in Orlando, I'll get a dominating face tat, no cap. After Ayton's three, Andrew tweeted, looks like I'm getting a dominating face tat. Richard, is this something, nothing, or everything? This is all three. It's something because what is going on? It's nothing because what are you thinking? And it's everything because I want to see if he's going to get this tattoo. I don't know this individual. I haven't seen a picture of him. Hopefully this isn't his first tattoo. But man, to bet a three-pointer on your face, to bet a tattoo on your face on a three-pointer, that, that, that takes a lot. That, I, like, I, I, no, no, never, <laughs> under any circumstance. <laughs> Yo, hold on. Let, let me just say, it's something in terms of DeAndre Ayton expanding his, his, his range. He always had a nice touch, even back in Arizona for mid-range. It's only a matter of time for him to expand it out beyond the three-point line. So it's something there. It's a nice sign of improvement. But if I'm uh, this Andrew kid from Twitter, I'm saying it's nothing. Because this is not even a game. It's a scrimmage. This is like when Ben Simmons hit that three in preseason against a team from 7th Division Taiwan or wherever they came from. It was a really bad team from overseas that came and played. He hit a three. That doesn't count. I know he also hit a three against the Knicks in preseason. That one doesn't count either. We're talking about it only counts. We're talking about a tattoo on my face. That game better count. So, Andrew, talk to me. I'll get you a lawyer. I'll be your lawyer. This is nothing. Yeah. Trust me. 
Yeah, yeah, and I hope he follows through with whatever. Like, it, well, I don't know if the preseason or regular season counts, but I've seen these things are real. These tattoo bets. We had an opportunity. That, oh, I saw this online. A guy actually got like a copy of my RJ tattoo, one of the best tattoos in all of sports, maybe in all of the world. Uh, a guy got a copy of that tattoo. He said if the Cavs win a game uh, in the NBA Finals, uh, when we, uh, I, I believe, is when we lost to, uh, the Kevin Durant uh, Warriors, that he was going to get a tattoo and he did he did get this tattoo it, I, like i saw it online and i was flabbergasted i i, I couldn't <laughs> believe an individual would actually do this so if people are doing tattoo bets i'm not one of them uh even though this tattoo was a bet but you know hey to each their own yeah listen do it in a real game, Aiton. That's what I would be saying if I were Andrew. Yeah. I'm with the mean yes. on this because your face, that's a different level right there. All right, coming up next, just how high is the Nuggets ceiling in Orlando? We'll discuss that next. But first, here's what the Jump recommends for today. Our buddy Zach Lowe shares his NBA awards ballot with all of us over on ESPN.com and the ESPN app. Zach has Giannis as MVP, Ja as Rookie of the Year, and he's got Brandon Ingram as his most improved player. There's plenty more there, so take a look and find out why. Does this place look haunted? No, I don't think so. What about those two creepy girls? Come stay with us. That is truly frightening. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's great service. With Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents. Uh, thank you, creepy girls. Want to see our room? Mm, we're going to sleep in the car now. Happy Geico-ween. Switch today for 24-7 access to licensed agents. The WNBA season tips off from their bubble at the IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida tomorrow. We'll have Sabrina Ionescu's debut for the Liberty against the Storm at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on ESPN. Then at 3 Eastern, noon Pacific on ABC, it's the Sparks and Mercury. And now, let's get caught up on the Nuggets' journey to the bubble in Orlando with another installment of Previously on the Denver Nuggets. They are the single hardest team to classify in the entire league. I really believe in this team. I think we, we can do something big. That's why I, I want just to start the season the right. After the Nuggets lost to New Orleans last night with, let's just say it, a questionable defensive effort, look at Jokic. Hands up, he's clearly frustrated. I don't think he came in the cap in great shape. I still don't think he's in great shape. This is what everybody says when they're worried about the Nuggets as a contender. Do they have somebody that they absolutely have to get it can deliver? Porter. Goodness. He's like across the team, Kevin Durant and Tracy McGrady. I think he was that third piece that the Denver Nugget needed. Jokic grabbing the rebound, turns, oh, this fires. Is, this is a touchdown. Yeah, that's right ridiculous. Here. That's oh, yeah. just what that is. And it's all fun and games until John Elway sees a seven-footer in Denver <laughs> throw a ball like that. Jokic crushing the monster truck tire workout. I think I'm not supposed to tell him my pounds and my weight. It's a team policy. I like that. You like that. What he is showing everyone is a commitment to his craft. Do you consider the Nuggets legit title contenders? No. I'm still slowing my roll a little bit on the Nuggets. What's the goal for this team this year? For me, beat the first round, get a little break, watch some teams, you know, you know how it goes. It's a big shot. I don't know why I'm trying to explain it. <laughs> trying to explain it to him. <laughs> Not exactly what I mean, man. <laughs> The Nuggets enter the bubble at 43-22, third in the West, and a game and a half behind the Clippers for second. We saw point guard Jokic already this week. Richard, what's the ceiling for Denver this season? 
Ooh, I, I think they're ceiling. I think the best that they can do, what they should consider a successful season, like I would say a conference final. I, I could see them upsetting you know, the Lakers or the Clippers, one of those two teams. It's just hard to sustain that over multiple series because the Lakers don't have to, the Lakers or the Clippers wouldn't have to play each other till the conference finals. But for a team like the Denver Nuggets or the Utah Jazz, they could potentially have to play both of those teams to get to an NBA final. So I think it's unrealistic for the Denver Nuggets to get there this year. I think if they continue to Michael Porter Jr., Bowl Bowl, if they continue with this young nucleus and this young core, I think that they potentially could be in the finals in the next two, maybe three seasons. Yeah, if, if we're talking about the ceiling, the ceiling to quote a great player by the name of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the championship. This is a team that could win a championship. Will they? Probably not. But if you ask me what the ceiling is, I think that's the ceiling. I think the questions I have are, Jokic is, is a, a tremendous talent. Who's the other great player on this team? There are a lot of good players. I don't see any great players, not yet at least. Maybe Michael Porter Jr. one day, maybe Bull Bull one day. But right now, it's a lot of good players. And particularly when you consider that Jokic in and himself, he has the potential to be great, but he's not really an aggressive scorer. He's more of a facilitator. He's more of an all-round kind of greatness. You need someone who is consistently a killer from the outside. They don't have that right now. But again, crazier things have happened. And in this environment where there is no home court advantage and where a, a single positive test can upend someone's season, I could see the Nuggets being a champion this year. No way. Under no yeah, circumstance no. could they beat the Lakers, <laughs> no Clippers, and Bucks. Shut no up. circumstance. Stop Hold it. on. No, no circumstance. circumstance? No. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. If, 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 if all of a sudden Giannis decided to go back to Greece, if LeBron James decided no, 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 to no. retire mid-bubble, there's no right. way that the Denver Nuggets could win a championship this season. They would have to potentially beat the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks. Come on, dog. Come on. Stop no. that nonsense. Yeah. They, they may not but have I understand. to beat all three of those teams. I, look, look, I understand you haven't shaved and you haven't done your hair in months but, like, let's be really honest. Like, don't just all of a sudden start letting that affect your brain. That there's don't zero chance of that Don't be mad because I can grow hair and I can grow a beard. Why would anybody <laughs> be mad at the look that you are rocking right now? The look that you are rocking, there is no one upset anywhere, anywhere, other than possibly your family that you're representing yourself in that matter. As Charlemagne the God would call this, is called black privilege right here. Well, listen, I think that their ceiling is the second round. Like, I, I'm with Richard. I just don't even think they can get past okay. the Clippers. Wow. Like, I, I don't think they're – well, here's the thing. Uh, you mentioned it, Amin. Jokic is, is their centerpiece, and he's a great player. There's no question he's a top-ten player. But he's not that go-to scorer. He, occasionally he's been that in the post. I've seen some moments like that, but I don't think you can count on him in that regard. I think Jamal Murray's a good player. I don't know if he's that player. He's been relied upon as kind of their perimeter threat finisher type player. But I think for this team to take that step that Richard was alluding to earlier, and he mentioned the guy's name that I'm going to talk about, which is Michael Porter Jr. I think Michael Porter Jr. needs to be that alpha scorer type, right? Where he can do it from the inside, from the outside. I think he has that kind of upside, but I think we're a couple of years away from that particular upside. Thank you. It's almost like somebody said that five minutes ago. <laughs> what are you doing? Hey. <laughs> Somebody had to bring back some sanity to the show. I'm taking a break, man. Anyway, all right, coming up, we, we jump around following the news of Mike Tyson's return to the ring and ask the panel, what is their dream one-on-one -on -one matchup? Stick around here on The Jump.
Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... <laughs> I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. The countdown to the NBA season return is going primetime. Time to get back on now. Join me, Maria Taylor, with Jalen Rose, Jay Williams, Paul Pierce, and many more. Let's work. With all the teams, the players, and the stories that have reshaped the basketball world. The NBA Countdown Restart Special, Saturday, 8 Eastern, on ABC. It's crunch time here on The Jump. The NBA will be getting fans involved in games after all, if only virtually. More than 300 fans each game will be able to go online and be broadcast on the video boards surrounding the courts. The league said this yesterday. So, Richard, is this a significant enhancement? Uh, I, I, I think it is. I, I, I like enhancements. I think it's impressive. Uh, but, you know, I, I think only time will tell how all of this stuff plays out. Richard sounds like he's in his bathroom right now. Uh, I do like it. I think it's, it's innovative. I really like what the Miami Heat did the other day with the virtual fans in there, even though it wasn't live. But you know, I'm interested to see how it works. Oh, good Lord. Uh, yes, I would agree, Amin. <laughs> Let's move on. In hopes the Bulls will listen to trade offers for Zach Levine, the Nets are among the teams that have been monitoring the situation in Chicago and done background work on him, according to SNY's Ian Bagley. So, Amin, is Levine a good fit for the Nets? No, and he's not a good fit for the <laughs> Knicks either, by the way. The, let me just say real quick, the Knicks, if they do this, it's business as usual at, at Madison Square Garden. But for the, for the Nets, why you already have Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, who are great offensive talents at the guard position, who are on good deals. Why would you go and get this dude who's going to be a free agent soon after that? It doesn't make sense. I, I, I agree. I, think, I actually think it's a better fit for the Knicks. I think he brings a level of excitement. I think he's a type of player that people will want to play with. Uh, so I think he's a much better fit for the Knicks than I think he is for the Nets. I actually think the Nets should try to target Bradley Beal, if he becomes available to me. That's the perfect type of player you would that want with would Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Uh, all right, we're running out of time, so let's jump around to the sport of boxing. Mike Tyson is set to face Roy Jones Jr. on September 12th in an exhibition bout. Tyson is 54 years old. Roy Jones Jr. is 51. Now, that got our producers thinking, which two retired NBA players would you most want to see play one-on-one -on -one right now? Richard, you go first. That was hard for me. This was this was this was a tough pick, but I'm gonna go with AI and D Wade. I don't think I got to see enough uh, uh, battles between the two of them. Uh, you know, I, I thought about I thought about White Chocolate and, and Jason Williams, but AI was too much of a scorer to be going against. But I think D Wade and AI, I think they would put on a little bit of an exciting one-on-one -on -one match. Oh, Richard, you're only 50% right. I, yes, I would love to see Dwayne Wade out there, but the guy I want to see him go against is our very own Paul Pierce. That's right, Paul Pierce, the one who said that if he had played with Shaq like and LeBron, that. he would have had I three like rings that. too. I like that. That's yeah, pay -per -view. drag him out. I mean, yes, you haven't said. I mean, you haven't said anything of quality this entire hour <laughs> until the final minute. Until the final minute, <laughs> I agree with you. 
D-Wade versus, versus Paul Pierce. All the bragging rights, all the nonsense, I'm with you. I'm with you. Fi thank you for yeah. finally contributing something to this show. Thank you. Look, I'm, I make them when, oh, I took, make oh, them when oh, it counts. took us an hour. Oh, took I us an make hour. them when it counts, and I don't do it for my bathroom, so I think that counts oh. double at least, you know, no oh. echo. I appreciate it. All right. I appreciate I, it. It's I'm, amazing. I'm going to give the big men some love. I would want to see... KG versus Tim Duncan. KG getting trying to get under Tim Duncan's skin. Oh. Tim Duncan is unflappable. Obviously, the big fundamental against KG. I'm going to give the big men some love in that situation. So, there you have it. All right. Not bad. We are all like out of time for this week. The jump returns to ESPN on Monday with, get this, listen to this lineup. Magic Johnson, Scottie Pippen, and Tracy McGrady. And maybe... You two will go at it. I mean, you got 20 more seconds if you want to lay in one more jab, you two. No, I have nothing to say. I just want to apologize to all of the fans uh, on behalf of ESPN for the way uh, that uh, Amin looks. Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever, wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground. Happy Geico-ween. Download the industry-leading Geico app today.